Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. The Force will be with you, always. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, the Galactic Republic, Confederacy of Independent Systems, and various mercenary factions vie for control of the galaxy in a seemingly never-ending conflict known as the Clone Wars. Caught in the middle of this epic struggle, the Jedi Knights strive to maintain order and civility in a deadly game that is being manipulated by the Dark Lords of the Sith. From the war-torn front lines, Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their dedicated team of analysts emerge as voices of truth and stability in these dark and deceptive times. Welcome to the 135th episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast for the episode Voices I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, along with me, uh, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the yes. Crankster Cranky. What's happening, man? Hey, week two of this four-part final, final arc of the Clone Wars. God, it's still crazy yeah. to think that. And uh, like we were just, we were just talking, Mike. Not a lot of news. We usually talk about some news, Clone Wars news, Clone Wars news, and all that, but nothing, yeah. uh, nothing going on. You know, just the little things here and there that come out from Episode Seven. You know, Kevin Smith's been down. It seems like is everybody going to go visit the set? So, now? so this is the thing, right? With <laughs> yeah. Kevin Smith coming out and tweeting that he was visiting the set, I think that what that tells you is that all of those other people that everybody's been flipping out about the, right. I, 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 what's his face? I, Tom oh Cruise. Goodness. Yeah, Tom Cruise and um, and Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. Yeah. Um, the, they're just stopping by to check things out. They're just friends. Yeah, <laughs> they're just right, right. They're just friends of, and they're just looking at at Star Wars things, and you know, watching uh, Millennium Falcon door slam on Harrison Ford's ankle and stuff like that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we have we've seen Harrison Ford his first uh, uh, public appearance, so to speak, since uh, since being injured, and uh, and you know what? I, I think it's not as bad as as a lot of folks were worried that it was uh mm. it's it's much more of a you know i i um I, I mean it's still probably a pretty serious injury he's uh he's walking around with like a a, a peg leg essentially right. um while his uh sort of this sort of this thing that he kneels one knee on and then it's like attached to his leg so that he can sort of hobble around mm-hmm. peg legged and uh, and and stay mobile and that sort of thing doesn't have to worry about a wheelchair or anything, um, but yeah, there uh, he's he's not as injured as was once suspected, which uh, a lot of people were talking about him having like a you know fully broken leg. Right. Um, it looks like it's just the ankle, uh, and uh, and so hopefully what that means. Anybody who's a fan of Jackie Chan can tell you. Anybody who's watched Rumble in the yeah, Bronx, right? I uh, when you get to the end of that movie, you see uh, he 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 broke his foot doing a stunt on I think the the 
um, hovercraft sequence in in uh, Rumble in the Bronx, and uh, there's a bunch of clips at the end of the movie, like most Jackie Chan movies, of of them doing stunts. Or more often than not, bungling those stunts and sort of going off course, whatever. Sort of the blooper reel. Um, and you can see that, that Jackie Chan's got a cast on his foot, but then he has this like this like painted sock that he puts over it that just looks like his shoe. And uh, and so you can't tell. Like it looks like on film from a distance, it looks just like a shoe. So I mean, if, if Harrison Ford can walk on it soon, then then. I mean, it's it's that was 1993 or 94 or something like that. It's it's 2014. Uh, I'm pretty sure they can just CG uh, a proper looking boot over his foot if they need to, or if they really need to get him in there doing stuff, right? So, right, yeah. so I don't think that it's that much to worry about. I think that there's still a little bit of uh, sort of like knock them off of schedule for sure, but. But I don't think anybody needs to to panic. So so it's it's good to see that he's up and about doing stuff and uh, and running around and and uh, not letting his uh, not letting his injury stop him. So well, shoot, uh, they were talking like uh, you know we're gonna have to push back the date to back to May sixteen, you know May twenty sixteen, yeah. and this and that production was gonna halt. Then you see this picture, like well, geez, he's already kind of walking around with it i mean sure he's not on it but you know it's just crazy he went from a broken ankle or a sprained ankle to something really serious and then and then you see this picture like well it doesn't look that that big a deal he's going to be back in the mix here maybe in a, in a few weeks so that's he's harrison ford he'll he'll yeah. uh, he'll yeah. staple a hat to his head to get the shot so yeah uh, yeah, yeah exactly you know, I, i'm not i'm not i'm not too worried about him i think <laughs> i think he'll be fine yeah um, well you we were talking about that that Kevin Smith Instagram thing that came out today, and he uh, he had just put in a comment like, "Hey, you know, it's it's um, God, what is the wording he used? He, he said something like it's it's um, God, I'm gonna I gotta check it out because he made he made a comment about it, right? Basically saying yeah. it's 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 gonna be fantastic. I don't know if he saw a script or just from what he saw at the set, but yeah. it but but you're right though, Mike, about all this all these people coming. I mean, this is J.J. Abrams." And Disney doing a Star Wars movie. I mean, sh- of yeah. course people are going to go and they want, they're going to want to check this thing out. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe it's like, hey, can I work into this? Kind of like try to pull a, try to pull a, a Sam Jackson on on George Lucas. You know, like, hey, I want to be in that. Yeah. But sure. um, and, and my purple lightsaber. But yeah, this is this is Episode Seven. Of course, people are going to come by and take a look at it totally. and see what it's all about. So yeah, this is what this is what Kevin Smith posted six hours ago from the time that we're recording this on Monday night. I visited JJ in his episode 7 set. I signed the NDA so all I can share are this old Bantha Tracks subscriber's tears and snotty nose of joy. The force is with this movie. Yeah, Holy Sith. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah. It, I, you know, if Kevin Smith is, is giving his thumbs up and his approval and if he's looking like he is in this picture, like he looks like he's been crying for a while and and you know like that it's it's that's legitimate right uh, he he's he's probably just seen the millennium falcon in person and right. uh, and and if you want uh, a celebrity who's a legit fan um i mean most of his career has been made on star mm-hmm. wars references so oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that like kevin smith is is one of us right mm-hmm. um 
so yeah to see something like the millennium falcon in person uh he probably got to walk through it he probably got to touch things that you know he probably knows things that none of us know and uh and you know what would we all do to uh to be in his position right so oh definitely so you can you can only imagine the uh the overwhelming feelings Mm-hmm. that that a scenario like that could give you so yeah uh, so yeah it's cool. uh, it, it's it's exciting to hear him say positive things about it yeah. um oh yeah definitely definitely because that means that good things are on the way so yeah yeah so, a couple hopeful- other, sorry we, go ahead oh i was just gonna say uh <laughs> you know just a couple other things that we heard something about carrie fisher's daughter could be in the the movie as well and yeah. just, just other things like that so nothing huge of course nothing really Clone Wars related we're on the tail end and they got their Emmys so that's kind of closing the book on on the Clone Wars chapter so uh, anything else Mike before we uh, head into the next episode you know I think that's it I think it's uh, it's it's time to jump in there all right Yoda my old friend it is I. The voice I hear does not come from within, but speaks from beyond. You must complete what I could not. Come to Dagobah. The answers you seek are here. The creation of the clone army kept secret from us. Cypher DST. Protocol 66 must not be discovered by the Jedi. Yes, Lord Tyrannus. I'm afraid I'm trapped. You must face the gravest of journeys to Morbon. Down! Thanks. It wasn't you I wanted to save. This is stretching it even for you, sir. Rax, you're beginning to sound like Obi-Wan. Hello, CT5555. No clone uses a number. I am Fives. Call me Fives. The difference is minimal. Not to me. And not to any clone. All right, Mike, here we go with... The episode entitled uh, Voices, Yoda sits in deep contemplation in the silent serenity of his quarters within the Jedi Temple. His concentration is broken by the sound of of a familiar yet impossible voice, that of long-dead Jedi Master Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon says he is part of the living force and proves his influence beyond the grave by levitating Yoda and causing some nearby candles to stir. Later, during a Jedi Council meeting in which the Jedi Masters discuss the recent revelations about the Sith with great concern, Yoda is distracted. After the Council's session, Mace Windu draws Obi-Wan to discuss his worries in private. Obi-Wan and Mace both sense a great turmoil within Yoda and wonder if he has reached his limits. So uh, we talked about you know this briefly at the end of last episode, Mike, and I just love the fact that they got Qui-Gon, and he has a pretty prominent... Uh, vocal you know part in this particular episode i don't know if we're going to yep. hear him anymore but it didn't sound like it the way this thing ended but it was still, it, again it was really cool to have him back and do that and uh let's talk about a little bit about what's going on here the first time yoda has experienced this and he's still not sure what the heck is going on if he's hearing things if he's losing his mind and mm-hmm. uh and then we get to the council and kiati mundi suggests that dooku as an apprentice to a Sith master, so so Keanu, he's on it, man. He he knows what's going on. For and you know he's making a guess, but his guess is right. You're like, oh, he's got it right. But then you got Mace coming in, who generally seems to be the second in command of this council, 
And he's, you know how Mace is. He's always got to put the brakes on. Hey, hold on, hold on a second. You know, we don't yep. know for sure what's going on. You're like, oh, my gosh, he's got it covered right now. Come on, Mace. But uh, what do you think about this first first couple of scenes here with Yoda? And uh, you think, um, you know, like I said, I don't know what's going on. Do, do we see or do we hear Qui-Gon again? Or, or is that too much of a spoiler? Uh, you know what? Honestly, I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> we might. But there are some other characters that kind of take over ah, gotcha. I, I, his role moving forward. Okay. Um, but I'll just correct you really quickly. This isn't the first time this has happened to Yoda. This is the second time. Because if you remember in episode two, when Anakin uh, slaughters the, the oh, sand people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yoda right. hears Qui-Gon's voice. That's right. Yeah. And that, So that's the first time he hears Qui-Gon, but he, doesn't, uh, he, he never mentions it. Yeah, we don't hear very much about it, right? Right. But uh, Qui Gon is is there. He does witness what Anakin goes through, right? So, Mm. yeah. um, uh, But yeah, it's. uh, I I mean, having Liam Neeson back is uh, is incredible. Um, uh, Obviously, you know, he does these these sort of one two episode little bits, so it's not that big of a deal um, I, I'm not going to fault Ewan McGregor for not wanting to do a, a an animated series with a hundred and some odd episodes right? Uh, no, of course, <laughs> so we'll yeah. bring in James Arnold Taylor for that and I'm thankful for that because uh, he's, he's oh, James is my Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, that's uh, you know as much as I love Ewan McGregor in the role as much as I love Alec Guinness and they're great in the movies um, and obviously define the role. I, uh, you know, we spent more time now with with James Arnold Taylor as Obi Wan. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And and the same goes for Tom Kane as Yoda. Uh, and and this episode, these three episodes, actually, <clears throat> they really really highlight that. If you go back to season one, Tom's been doing Yoda for a very long time, but uh, I don't think he's he had been doing it as much. Or as intently, uh, you know, and sort of, sort of as focused as he had over the course of, of recording the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. So you get here, uh, and and this is really, this is really Tom's opportunity to show what he can do as Yoda, and uh, and and really, really show that off and flex his muscles. And I have to remind myself at times that that this Yoda is a different person from the Yoda in the movies. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and it's not so much that, that the voice is identical. They definitely have their, their idiosyncrasies between the two. It's just the performance and the writing is so perfect mm-hmm. that, that you don't think about who's playing Yoda. You just think about what Yoda is going through, what's happening on screen. So, right. Good uh, point. The, it's, it's a, it's a fantastic three episodes to end the series on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, it's and it's only gonna get crazier from here. If you think talking to Qui Gon and going to Dagobah is exciting, um, there's some <laughs> stuff it. coming up in these next two episodes, uh, particularly that th- that last one that uh, that that you'll never watch episode three the same way again. So oh yeah um, yeah wow. so. So the, these are these are pivotal episodes. They're really important to the saga. They're really important to uh, to the Clone Wars series. Uh, 
and uh, and they all rest on the shoulders of Tom Kane, and mm-hmm. uh, and he and he pulls it off brilliantly. So no, you're right. I, I, that's a great point. You don't even think about that. It's Tom Kane. You just like, oh, yeah. it's, it's Yoda, you know. So and he, he mentions real quick in this one scene too about how um, you know he admits that they're on this precipice of this of this dark times, and he's and he's he's talked about this before, but it's starting to really pick up momentum now and you're like whoa especially after watching this episode you're like wow this is some crazy stuff but uh we'll get there we'll get there go ahead mike yeah uh here we go uh yoda wanders to the training ground in the courtyard of the temple beneath the gray tree anakin finds him there preoccupied with his thoughts yoda asks anakin to describe his encounter with qui-gon jinn on mortis Anakin believes that it was a trick, an apparition formed from memories, because Jedi knowledge states that an individual cannot retain his or her identity after becoming part of the Force. Yoda questions this ancient tenet. So this is a this is a really cool uh, moment between mm-hmm. the two of them, yeah. because first of all, Anakin hears Qui Gon. Yeah, definitely. That's what I mentioned. Right. Yeah. Uh, and sort of shakes down. it off, mm-hmm. and then and then they have this conversation where Anakin says, you know, I, I, I think I think actually Yoda opens a door that he doesn't know that he opens here, um, in, in, in both of the parts where he he interacts with Anakin, um, the first being this moment where he says to Anakin our understanding of the force isn't all encompassing, right? It's Mm -hmm. not, it's not objective and it's not, uh, it's not the final word. There could be more out there, which then when he's presented with, uh, the possibility of Padme dying in episode three, and, uh, then the possibility that he could keep her alive indefinitely. Uh, I think, I don't think that Anakin would take those things so seriously if not for conversations like this with Yoda. And, you know, there's some conversations that he's had with, with Obi-Wan as well that, that lead him down that path. But uh, but I do think that, that a conversation like this, uh, if, if we're going to look at it that way uh, and, and sort of look at all the things that contribute to Anakin's mentality to his fall. I think having a conversation like this with Yoda, where Yoda tells him, well, we know a lot about the Force, but we don't know everything. Right. For Palpatine to then say to him, well, I can teach you how to keep people alive, stop them from dying. Uh, (laughs) Had he not had a conversation with Yoda, let's say a few months before, maybe a few weeks before that, uh, where Yoda says, well, we know a lot about the Force, but not everything, right? (laughs) He might not take it so seriously, so... Yeah. So it's a, it's an interesting moment, and then later on when he enlists Anakin, right. I think uh, I think that 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 gives Anakin a little bit of cause to do whatever he wants, mm-hmm. right? And be a little bit on his own, but right. Yeah, well, here's the thing too. Like you just said about Yoda, and I forgot that it wasn't the first time that he heard, and neither was Anakin. You know, we, yep. in episode two, and it's great not to look back and go, you know what? Because there's always like questions, like, well, was that really? Qui-Gon? Well, I think we now we can pretty much pretty much uh, you know put that in stone after seeing this these episodes. You know that Qui-Gon was trying, he's been chosen as we find out, he's been chosen to uh, to live through this the the living force. And so you can kind of put that question to 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 rest that that was actually him back in episode 2 trying yeah. to communicate. And then like you said, Yoda realizing that, you know what? 
there's still a lot of questions, you know, even though I'm 900 years old and one of the greatest Jedi of all time, there's still questions that I have. You know, he doesn't know everything, so he's going to definitely going to find out. After further meditation, Yoda addresses the Jedi Council. The old master is shaken in his belief and, he, and his confidence. He asks the council to meditate with him to see if perhaps they too might hear the voice. The rest of the council joins Yoda in meditation for an entire day. But as dawn rises anew, they all emerge from a deep contemplation, uh, having heard nothing. Kiyadi Mundi suggests a dark possibility that Yoda might be subject to manipulations from the Sith. Yoda considers this adding to his worries. I am not before her. Impossible, it seems. Curse my feelings. I do not. The voice I hear does not come from within, but speaks from beyond. No, I must if I am alone, or if any of you can hear it as well. Then together, we shall meditate. by the Sith. Surely you're not suggesting Master Yoda is susceptible to such manipulation. Master Yoda, you are older and wiser than any living Jedi, but this does not mean you are beyond the corruption of the dark side. Agree, I do. A possibility we must consider, it is. Clouded, so much of our vision the dark side has. Deceived, I may be. Tell you what, Mike, this is a pretty powerful scene. I mean, when you see all the Jedi gathered around Yoda, it was almost like um, it was almost like a prayer. You know, when you you see mm -hmm. this, maybe sometimes if any listeners go to church, I mean, sometimes you'll see people put their hands on on somebody who's ill or who has having problems, and everybody will put their hands up or hands out. It was it was kind of like a really religious kind of uh, kind of scene. There it was really cool, and to see it go through the whole night. And, and all these Jedi are just there uh, throughout the night trying to, to feel or to hear anything from Qui-Gon. It doesn't happen, but... And then, uh, and then as Yoda finishes up and says, hey, it's, it's not working. And again, he suggests that they could be deceived. Uh, Ki-Adi Mundi is saying that, again, they could be deceived by the dark side. So, uh, <laughs> but what do you think? I mean, it's a pretty, pretty, pretty cool scene, huh? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's pretty great. Uh, the, there's some stuff that we've not seen before in yeah, this episode. Yeah. Um, the time lapse uh, yeah, really uh, moment yeah. is uh, is really interesting because we've never seen a shot like that in a Star Wars movie, mm -hmm. or even in the Clone Wars. So, <clears throat> um, kind of kind of going out of of our standard sort of set of uh, of of cinematic tricks right. uh but very cool very effective for for telling the story um uh, it's a it's a it's a really cool moment and and i agree like when i saw this the first time 
definitely when I rewatched it today, I got that same impression. It was very much like uh, mm-hmm. like the practice of sort of uh, a, a group prayer sort of right. sort of moment. Um, so yeah, it was it, it it had a visual that really resonated. I think right, yeah, um, with a lot of people, and uh, and was very effective in in telling that that part of the story. So yeah, yeah, it was definitely great. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Mike. Cool, I will continue. Uh, Yoda lies in a bed with uh, bed in the Jedi Temple medical ward, closely examined by sensors. Jedi doctor Rig Nima finds nothing wrong with him. He is in great health for his age and species. Kiari Mundi posits the disturbing possibility that Yoda's past connection to Count Dooku has left him vener- vulnerable to a Sith attack. In response, Nima suggests a deprivation ritual a dangerous option that will allow Yoda to clear his mind and find the source of this haunting voice. Uh, Anakin interrupts the discussion with word uh, that the Supreme Chancellor would like to speak with Yoda in an emergency meeting. Mace goes instead and leaves the decision regarding Yoda's treatment up to Yoda. The ancient Jedi Master agrees to Rig Nima's recommendation. Yoda is suspended in a tank of dark liquid where he will be induced into a deep state of meditation. The Jedi Master wears a small oxygen mask. Rig Nima begins deliberately lowering the flow of oxygen that will prompt the change of meditative state, bringing Yoda as close to death as possible. Obi-Wan and Anakin watch on with great concern. In Yoda's mind, Qui-Gon's voice scolds him for taking the wrong path. A vision of a swamp world appears, and Qui-Gon implores Yoda to voyage to Dagobah, to complete the task that Qui-Gon could not. The disembodied voice warns Yoda to come alone and to tell no one. Yoda awakens to find himself pulled from the tank. The, je- je- the dazed Jedi Master was rescued by Obi-Wan and Anakin, who feared for his life. Yoda, no, this is not the way. Come to Dagobah. The answers you seek are here. But why? You must complete what I could not. His vital signs are dropping too low. But the test! I want him out of there now! Master Yoda! Master Yoda, wake up! Speak of this to no one. Trust no one. Come to Dagobah alone. Welcome back, old friend. Thought we lost you there. Mm. Speaking to the dead, I was. Friends, long gone. Good friends. So, Mike, this particular scene, wow, I mean, uh, again, with the with the visuals here, and we're going to see this again one more time, but mm-hmm. first of all, he's, he's, he's put into this state that obviously I have never heard of before. I don't know if it's been in any books or anything like that, but canon-wise, I haven't really I've heard of this being basically your your vitals are taken down to a point where it's they're, you're barely alive to get into this super meditative state inside this, this tank, and uh, it works. He's, he's talking mm-hmm. about it, and he wants him to go to Dagobah. Wow, here we go. I mean, we, we you know, Episode 5, Empire Strikes Back, Luke travels to Dagobah to visit Yoda. Well, here's the first time we get to hear, uh, I guess, in the timeline-wise, hey, they're going, he wants him to go to Dagobah. So, obviously, Dagobah has a huge, uh, 
I guess, impact on the force or, or whatever. But there's obviously, I guess, another planet in the next episode we're going to talk about. But yeah. in any event, uh, they take him out of this, this uh, induced coma type thing. And he, Yoda tells him about, hey, you know, I, got, I need to go visit, or I was visited by old friends. And they seem to be, you know, they don't have any question about it. But uh, what do you think about this scene? Um, Qui-Gon's telling him to trust nobody. So, um, I don't know. What do, you think? what do you think about this, Mike? Well, it ties back into a moment earlier in the episode that we didn't really talk about where, uh, where Kiadi Mundi actually suggests that it's possible they can't trust uh, that there or maybe it was mace windu that says that that the there might even be someone within their walls oh right yeah yeah that's right, right. <laughs> and uh, and i mean i've sort of been over this uh back and forth trying to figure out who they could be referring to i don't think that they that that there is anybody specifically no right uh that has already fallen to the dark side but I think what it might be referring to is uh, is that Anakin is a bit of a tool of, of Palpatine's, and any information that they have uh, in the Jedi Temple is uh, is easily accessible through Anakin because uh, he's easily manipulated by Palpatine. So I like the, I think that what they might have been trying to do is lay the groundwork for their actions in episode three mm-hmm. um and uh, and and using anakin to to spy on the chancellor right mm-hmm. so the that might be what is being referred to um but there's also that element of it that maybe dooku is using the dark side and his connection to yoda to mm-hmm. spy on the jedi so I don't know. It's a. It's an interesting. Uh, it's it's an interesting scene for for a lot of different reasons for a lot of the different things that go on. Mm-hmm. But that moment where Qui Gon says, "Don't trust." Yeah. Don't don't trust anybody. Right. Uh, I, I I'm not sure what that's about, but it might just be them, you know, writing it in a way that they don't have to justify <laughs> why other Jedi wouldn't have this information. Right, you know what I mean, like because yeah. by the end of episode three, we know that only Yoda and Obi Wan uh, will have access to this, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, you're but right. it makes it, it makes me wonder if if Obi Wan. I mean, you know, we'll we'll be able to talk about this later, but uh, it makes me wonder if Obi Wan had to go on a similar journey, mm-hmm. uh, and if we might see that at some point. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, like you, you're right. It was Mace Windu earlier who said, "Yeah, we." It could even be somebody within these walls. Uh, that was early on in the episode, like you said. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Uh, we got there's a big question I have for you uh, coming up here pretty soon, and we'll we'll get to that. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Your turn. <clears throat> uh, while Yoda recuperates, the Jedi reconvene in a private room. Kiadi Mundi, Obi Wan, Doctor Nima, and Anakin confer with Mace Windu via hologram. Kiadi Mundi is skeptical of Yoda's impossible claim of having spoken to the dead. He still worries that the Jedi Master is being manipulated by the Sith. As a precaution, Mace orders that temple guards be placed in the medical bay. As Yoda recovers in bed, he calls for Anakin Skywalker to come to his side. With a grin, Yoda tells Anakin he needs the help of a spontaneous rule-bending Jedi if he is to escape. Yoda leaves his bed and and says to the guards that he is simply getting some fresh air. Anakin covers for the Jedi Master, assuring the guards that he'll be under his supervision. 
Anakin leads Yoda to the Jedi Temple hangar. He tasks R2-D2 to take Yoda to a ship and get him out of the temple as fast as possible. The little droid jets over to a modified Jedi starfighter and preps it for takeoff. Yoda boards the tiny craft and blasts away from the temple. Mace Windu and Rig Nima come running in, furious at Skywalker. Anakin sh- uh, shrugs, explaining that it was all Yoda's idea. And a great line coming out of this one, Mike, is you know, from Yoda saying, um, let's see what he says. Oh, disobeying the council, uh, your expertise is. So <laughs> Yoda having a little bit of fun with Anakin saying, hey, I need you to help me because you're good at doing what we tell you not to do. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. I yeah. like that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's able. To well, I, the the best part of this entire arc is revealed in this uh, at the end of this scene, and that's Yoda's Jedi Starfighter, which is uh, ah yeah yeah. I I was thinking about it earlier today, and of all of the designs that we've gotten to see that have come out of the Clone Wars, I'm talking about specifically the this Clone Wars this this iteration of it. Uh, Yoda's Jedi Starfighter. Uh, has got to be my favorite. I, I love that design because I like the Jedi Starfighters, uh, both of them, um, as it is. They're, they're some of my favorite Star Wars designs. But then Yoda's is just mm-hmm. that much more clever. I don't know. It's just, it's just it's uh, it's neat. And the fact that it's tiny and uh, it sort of fits his size and, and is, is that just a little bit different. Um, yeah. And it's pretty much just him and, and R2 with some wings attached. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and uh, and I, I really, really like that design. Yeah. But, uh, well, he also yeah. says, he also says too, um, and this is another another kind of cool point that Yoda makes, is he says that Anakin's spontaneity is what sets him apart from all the other Jedi. So even, yeah. you know, Yoda recognizes this kind of stuff and, and how great of a Jedi that, that Anakin can be or could be. And, yeah. and, and it is. It's the spontaneity, the stuff that he can think on his feet, and he kind of uses his sometimes emotion. Well, you know, part, uh, yeah. the, uh, the interesting part, as I said last week, I, I just listened to the, the Episode 3 audiobook, and the most interesting part of that is that the two Jedi that could have helped him, that could have helped Anakin... Mm. In, in all of those those uh, precious moments before he turns, they'd both left. Right. Right? Like, so essentially, um, his his two biggest mentors being Obi-Wan and Yoda, mm-hmm. they they weren't they weren't there to help him through that. Yeah. And that was like that's the biggest mistake, right? Had either one of them still been there, they could have changed everything. But that's also Palpatine's genius in convincing the the Jedi Council to do all these different things so that he could separate those two influences from Anakin, mm-hmm. right? Because they kind of, uh, they're fed information that leads them to make these decisions, to send Obi-Wan to, to Utapau and, and uh, Yoda's decision to go to Kashyyyk are both informed by information that they receive via the Chancellor, right? Which means that the Chancellor purposely set those traps right so that so that he could do that which uh, again an episode like this and comments like that just reinforce these ideas that i i if you have a problem with anakin's fall if you think that it's too easy uh talk to palpatine because i'm pretty sure he's been working for you know a few decades (laughs) to set all this up i'm sure he wouldn't say that it was easy at all but uh 
yeah, that's that. a it's a common complaint about episode three. Yeah. And the more you watch, the more you watch the Clone Wars, the more you read uh, some of the the good extended expanded universe, um, the more you can see that uh, that it was actually pretty well thought out, and it actually makes a lot of sense as to why mm-hmm. he ends up falling. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, Go ahead. Cool. Uh, Yoda's fighter emerges from hyperspace over a cloud-shrouded jungle world. It pierces the dense canopy of trees and mist to land in a bog. Yoda tells R2 to stay with the ship. The tiny Jedi Master walks into the swamps, finding a clearing to sit and meditate. The voice of Qui-Gon Jinn reaches out and greets Yoda. He advises Yoda to follow a cloud of fireflies that will serve as a guide. As they travel, Qui-Gon explains that Dagobah is one of the purest places in the galaxy, and it allows for strong manifestations of the living force. Qui-Gon himself is such a manifestation, but he had not completed his training to the extent that he could appear as more than a disembodied voice to Yoda. Yoda asks if Qui-Gon can see the future, and if he might know who the mysterious Sith Lord is. Qui-Gon can only point Yoda to a cave entrance where answers await. How are you here? I am a manifestation of the Force. A Force that consists of two parts. Living beings generate the living Force, which in turn powers the wellspring that is the cosmic Force. Show yourself. Can you? I cannot. My training was incomplete. All energy from the living force, from all things that have ever lived, feeds into the cosmic force, binding everything and communicating to us through the midichlorians. Because of this, I can speak to you now. See the future. You can. I exist where there is no future or past. Know you. Who the Sith Lord is. I can only show you a place where the answers will be revealed to you. So, Mike, I can I can hear it now, you know, like, if we were watching this in real time, like, it wasn't, you know, everybody didn't already see him, I could already see the backlash that that the cosmic force and the living force would cause, and he says midichlorians, like, oh, no, here we go again, you know what I mean? But, but so here's the thing. Dagobah, right? It's the purest place, uh, one of the purest places in the galaxy. Now we know why that Dagobah is chosen as a place for Yoda to go to, and and it's just really strong, apparently, in the Force. And, like he says, Mike, we got the Force is in two parts now. You got the living Force and the cosmic Force. So, you know, I've watched this episode a few times, and I still, if somebody asked me to explain it, I probably wouldn't be able to. But I don't know. What do you think? You think you can kind of figure out what what we're what we're talking about here—the living force and the cosmic force? Uh, well, the um, I'm trying Maybe to remember yet. where else I, I'm trying to remember where else I've 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 have you heard that term before? Learned about this stuff? Yeah. Well, actually, it's in the the uh, the Jedi the Jedi path the uh, the that sort of little oh yeah that yeah they made right, for right. for Padawans. Gotcha. Um, I'm pretty sure it's in there. And it explains the difference between the cosmic force and the living force. These things actually come from, I believe, the first draft of Star Wars. Um, 
where initially they didn't say may the force be with you Mm -hmm. it was may the force of others be with you right like that was sort of the the jedi call like that was their 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 phrase and it was like a common a commonly used phrase in that initial first draft Um, anybody who's reading the star wars the comic book uh has has probably read that a few times and noticed it Mm -hmm. um and and that sort of points to that initial uh, idea that there are two aspects to the force and to, to the energy that, that sort of creates the universe. And one of those is is the cosmic force, which is the Is that the where force. Qui-Gon is? Uh, he's going, no, he's going Qui- through the, the cosmic force and everybody else that's alive is through the living force? Is that No, uh, Qui-Gon is part of the living force, okay. right? Like that's how he's he's retained, right? But the, the cosmic force is is what was there before essentially Mm -hmm. like it's it's the larger source of energy right Mm -hmm. and so all life comes from the cosmic force Mm -hmm. but then life generates the living force so the the force that's that's between uh i you know you and me and 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 uh, everything else is yeah is the is the living force right Mm -hmm. it's it's those things that were created out of the universe but the universe itself has has a uh it, it has an element to it so when i when the jedi tap into the force uh, for guidance, mm-hmm. what they're actually looking to is they're looking past the living force to the cosmic, cosmic force. force. Yeah. Okay. Now, most Jedi focus on the cosmic force, right? Like they like that's like the ability to move right, moons right. and 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 do all sorts of ridiculous stuff. Where Qui Gon was the other way, right? Qui Gon was very focused on the living Maybe. force, which yeah. was uh, sort of like setting your intention and understanding other living beings and. And uh, actually, a very uh, a lot of stuff that ties into to uh, to if anybody does yoga, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of the stuff that I've read in Star Wars, I then hear uh, if when I go to yoga, uh, I hear people talk about things and they're talking about sort of Eastern philosophy because that's where a lot of this comes from. A lot of it comes from from uh, from Taoism and Buddhism and 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 that stuff. So uh, that that. Even even that the living force and the cosmic force, the light side and the dark side, is very much Taoism, right? Like there's a lot of aspects to it. So the the light side, they they look to the to the cosmic force for guidance, mm-hmm. um, and then the dark side uses the cosmic force for power, right? Like they draw power from it, and then they also draw power from the living force, which is why they're corrupted because they they pull life essence from other things and that that it shows physically so that's what when when palpatine uses his lightning and it reflects back on him and and all that stuff his his true face is shown right like uh, uh, he the the mask melts away and he becomes he becomes emperor palpatine he becomes that disfigured mm-hmm. monster that we know from from return of the jedi right because he's he's pulling on the living force and there's like a there's a reaction to it because most it's it's the difference between that knowledge and defense and then sith using the force for power and 
and uh, and control, right? Which is is sort of very much the opposite of, of what the Jedi do. Mm-hmm. Um, which is how Yoda can live nine hundred years, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, and and still be able to do backflips and and that sort of thing. And uh, and yeah, it's uh, th- there's there are so many places to read these things. Um, a lot of it comes from uh, actually role playing game source books because when you when you run a campaign for Star Wars, you need to understand the Force inside out mm-hmm. so you can know when your your players are mishandling the Force when they're doing things that would be dark side as opposed to light side and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, those were sort of the first places where these things started to to really manifest in written form in the West End games. Uh, source book. Same with all the technology, right? All the like Sinar fleet systems and stuff like that. Right. All comes from role playing books. But there's there are lots of different places to go to read these things. But uh, that Jedi Path book, I haven't read the Sith one because there's one called The Way of the Sith. Right. And and I haven't read that. Uh, and I'm still not finished the Jedi Path. I sort of made it two two thirds of the way through, and uh, and stopped. But. Um, there's a lot of information in them. If you want to know about the Force, if you want to understand the Force, if you want to get more out of these episodes, that's a really good place to start. Good point. Yeah, yeah, um, good. that's it. It's and you can get it for like twelve ninety nine, I think, because you can get it. They, they released it the first time as like this big box thing that opens up, and like you push a button and the thing opens up, and you open it, the book, and there's a there's a, a a republic credit in it like an actual like right. like coin mm-hmm. that's a republic credit there's um uh uh obi-wan's braid i think it's either obi-wan or anakin's braid i can't remember like their jedi braid right. um from becoming a padawan to a to a knight uh, uh there's uh, a, a napkin from dex's diner this is my favorite piece of of like just little i don't know kitschy stuff that they put into it, little novelty items that they put into it. There's a napkin from Dex's diner that has Obi-Wan's design for his new lightsaber on it. So between episode two and episode three, because he loses his lightsaber in episode two, right? Uh, And then in episode three, he's got the one that we see in episode four. And uh, it's, it's like the sketch that he drew of that lightsaber before he built it. Which is really cool. That's my favorite piece. But you can buy it now without all of that stuff. It's just the book. But the coolest part is that there are notes from all of the different owners of that that actual copy of the Jedi Path. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started. It was Yoda's, uh, and then it, and then Dooku had it, and then Qui Gon had it, and then Obi Wan had it, and then Anakin had it, and Ahsoka had it. And then Palpatine winds up with it. And uh, so there's a bunch of notes from Palpatine. And then Luke recovers it after Return of the Jedi. So then there's all these notes from Luke uh, as he sort of goes through learning things about Anakin and learning things about Obi-Wan and and Palpatine. And it's really cool. It's a, it's a, it's an awesome book and I highly recommend it for people who haven't checked it out. It's, it's probably one of the best pieces of sort of in universe, uh, memorabilia that you can, that you can pick up because it's got a lot of really cool info. It teaches you all about lightsaber forms and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And hopefully a little about, about the cosmic and, living force you know I, was, yeah. I forgot to mention too that 
really cool little nod to Yoda's theme. They played that as Yoda arrived on, on Dagobah here. So that was really cool to hear that old school, you know, John Williams stuff. And, but yeah. yeah, some really some really deep stuff, and you really really got to think about what's going on here. Uh, Yoda enters the cave, and is immediately surrounded by a vision, powered by the dark side. Yoda sees horrible images of Jedi Knights struck down by a hooded Sith Lord. A face concealed by shadow cackles victoriously, and identifies himself as Sidious. He invites Yoda to join him, and there is no other way. So holy crap, Mike, we got the cave scene. Yoda has his own yeah. cave scene. Can you believe this? Wow. Yeah. yeah, I just I saw that. Like, holy, this is great stuff. And as Qui-Gon mentions before he enters the cave, he even says, quote, Give power to that which you fear, and it will show itself to you. Yeah. So really cool. I kind of like the same type of thing he said to uh to Luke in a different way, you know, hey, your weapons, you don't need to basically, like, hey, if you're scared to go in there without this, then you, you're kind of yeah. lost. So, wow, what a fantastic Well, what, what Yoda says to, to, to Luke, because uh, Luke says, what's in there? Mm-hmm. And only Yoda says, only what you take with you, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's exactly what Yoda sees in there, is, is as Qui-Gon says, all of the fears that he's holding inside. Mm-hmm. And so, he, the fear of the Sith Lord, the fear that uh, uh, the Jedi Are getting wiped out. will die, yeah. right? And so, what does he see? He sees, uh, uh, he sees Sidious killing Kit Fisto, uh, Mace. Kit Fisto, Mace, yeah. I, 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 Kolar, I think, is with them. Yeah. Um, and he sees Anakin kill Shock T. Oh yeah. So yeah, now, yeah. when we get to Episode Three, and and. Obi-Wan and Yoda return to the Jedi Temple to, to change the transmission, and they see those Jedi that have been struck down by a lightsaber. Obi-Wan is floored, right? But now we know why Yoda, he was expecting this, mm-hmm. right? The second that he felt that tremor in the dark side, I think that Yoda knew exactly what was happening, right? Uh, he uh, based on this, based on on the Clone Wars, which, as we've been told by Lucasfilm, uh, uh, post Disney merger, this is is official canon. If it happens in the Clone Wars, it happened on screen. It this is how it happens. So we can say that that Yoda saw all of this coming. He just didn't know when, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, and the interesting part about this is that Yoda is looking for uh, in much the same way that, that Obi-Wan or Anakin would be or any of the other Jedi he's looking for a way to stop this, to prevent it and Qui-Gon sort of uh, alludes to the idea that there's nothing that he can do about it right, and maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, mm-hmm. but that he's, uh, he, that Yoda, uh, yeah, I guess I am, I'm just reading ahead, mm-hmm. that Yoda and, and like, like Qui-Gon were chosen right. for a purpose. Right. And that purpose, uh, it is revealed only after, after all of this happens, mm-hmm. right? right? So, uh, here, let me, uh, yeah, I'll, that, I'll just yeah. finish up and then, and then we can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Yoda rushes out of the cave and collapses in despair. The voice of Qui-Gon coaxes him to stand. Qui-Gon tells Yoda that he has seen only a glimpse of the darkness to come. Yoda wonders what hope there may be for the future, and Qui-Gon reveals he has been tasked with guiding Yoda forward. The Jedi Master has been chosen as Qui-Gon was chosen before him. 
Yoda will learn how to preserve his life force so he can manifest his consciousness and communicate with the living after death. Qui-Gon will guide Yoda to one of the origin points of life in the galaxy, where he will begin his trials. Yoda returns to his starfighter where R2-D2 awaits. His ship rises, ready to embark on the next step of his journey. For what chosen am I? You will learn to preserve your life force, and so manifest a consciousness which will allow you to commune with the living after death. How? Dark times are ahead, and forces of light must remain. This is the path of only a few Jedi. You will travel to one of the origins of all life in the galaxy. This place is where? The Force will be your guide. All right. Okay, Mike, I have to ask, too. Um, here's a big question I got out of this, or, or I don't know, maybe I'm on a totally different path here, but yeah. um, Qui-Gon talks about how Yoda has been chosen to preserve, to be, you know, his, preserve his life force. He's got to learn how to do this. So, there's always been the questions on, well, does every Jedi become a Force ghost? And when watching this and hearing this, it sounds like that only a select few get that honor to be chosen as somebody to go on in the afterlife. Is that what you're getting out of this? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think I think like uh, you'll you'll sort of see it later that okay. that it's a technique. Okay. Um, not not everybody I, can do. I mean, obviously, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so I uh, the the argument then is if if Qui Gon wasn't able to do it, but Yoda and Obi Wan learned to do it, how then does Anakin retain himself? How does how does he become a ghost? Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe that George Lucas has commented on it, and it's also that what. Um, justifies him being Hayden Christensen at the end of Return of the Jedi uh, mm-hmm. is that Obi-Wan and Yoda together with their combined ability uh, they they Help. they pull Anakin okay, yeah. uh, 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 through and uh, and so he's able to retain himself and uh, and that's how that's how Anakin is able to to stick around okay. in uh, in Force Ghost form and why he was the young man that they knew, right? Because they, the when they when they pulled him through, that's who they were saving. They were saving mm-hmm. Anakin. Which I uh, some people complain and say that's a cop out. For me, uh, it actually makes a lot of sense because yeah. you see a lot of guilt and you see a lot of regret from Obi Wan and Yoda in in the original trilogy, and then especially at the end of Episode Three. So. Um, it's actually, I think it's 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 selfish more than anything that they save Anakin, despite everything else that's happened, um, and everything that they told Luke because they told Luke like, no, there's no hope, you know, like you mm-hmm. you you need to kill Vader, you need to confront him, you need to kill him, you need to kill the Emperor, and then balance will be restored, right? But uh, but in truth, it's 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 a very different story, right? So, um, no, that makes sense. Yeah, I. I that, again, that was my question. Was just like, yeah, it, it seems like you either get chosen to do it, or yeah. all these super powerful Jedi. Because right? Qui Gon was, he was, you know, he can talk through it. You know, just like we heard, uh, we heard Obi Wan in Episode Four. As soon as he died, he was able to start talking through uh, to Luke. We didn't see him until Episode Five, 
but he was immediately able to, to communicate and, and quiet guy can communicate. He just hasn't learned to. And I just wonder, you know, is there a possibility that we could see these guys in the next trilogy? You know, could we see a Qui Gon in a ghost form, or Anakin, or Obi Wan, or anything like that? So uh, that's another question I have, especially when you see these. Uh, you know, I I maintain that one of the main reasons why why uh, Hayden, Hayden Christensen yes, was I know where you're going with this. Yeah, yeah, was so that they could do that. Yeah, um, I'm right with they, you. Yeah. That maybe we won't see that in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but we might see it later on. We might see it, it uh, sort of come to fruition at some point um, because the story will require it, right? So right, yeah, that's that's another. And I would be that'd be that'd be pretty cool to see that. Yeah. But uh, no, this episode, yeah, that one cave, the cave scene, the whole thing going on there, Sidious rising up through the mist. Yeah. I mean, wow, what a, what a great great scene, great episode. Uh, so these first two have really really stepped it up um for this series yeah it's it's kind of the perfect send-off for the series yeah definitely. Uh, it, it, it's it's really sort of everything that that i think everybody wanted yeah. from more star wars so i i i hope i i don't know how i feel like i don't know what the odds are but i hope that jj abrams has uh, at least been sent a box set or, uh, <laughs> or a free Netflix subscription yeah. so that he can watch some of these episodes right. and see what needs to be in mm-hmm. the next Star Wars, right? Yeah. Um, because uh, for my money, this is kind of this is the sort of thing that that the prequels were missing a little bit. They uh, they 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 were almost too methodical about the Force. Um, and it was just a part of being a Jedi. It was never really, mm-hmm. it was never really uh, showcased in in the same way in the way that you would expect mm-hmm. uh, from the original trilogy. So, uh, so yeah, I'm really hoping that we see more like this in the movie, yeah. in the upcoming movies, um, or maybe even in in the in the the standalone films because we do not know what those are yet. Right, we have yeah. no idea what they're going to be. Mm-hmm. So I just wonder if, so if who knows. You, you mentioned uh, Hayden Christensen as a Force ghost, and I just wonder if, you know, Lucas kind of fixed that because he was thinking about doing this next trilogy and he wanted to pull him in. So, oh, I need to change the end of that scene. To, you know, I don't know. You just never know. Yeah. And, and I guess we'll see. Uh, next week, we're on the third chapter. It's called Destiny, Mike. And uh, let's see. Letting the Force guide him, Yoda voyages into the heart of the galaxy to an ancient world that is one of wellsprings of the Force and the source of midichlorians. Yoda undergoes difficult trials administered by the five priestesses, mysterious Force wielders who hold the secret to immortality. Mm-hmm. Awake again you are, my little friend. Where we are, I'm not sure, but strong with the Force, this place is. From inside the planet, life emanates. Here, nothing your scanners can see. Hmm? Need this? I will not. No. Wait here, you must. A journey for me alone. This is. Safer here you are, my friend. 
And that's coming up next week. It sounds like uh, we're getting deeper in this, Mike, with he's talking about midichlorians and force wielders who hold the secret to immortality. So here, we were just talking about this. I didn't even realize that that uh, that preview talked about the immortality. We were just talking about that. So yeah. we'll get some more answers next week if you're doing it like I am and doing it one at a time. <laughs> Everybody else <laughs> yeah. already knows what's going on. But that's okay. It's been fun uh, going through these one at a time. So. That's next week. Anything else, Mike, before we wrap it up? Uh, no, that's that's All it right. for us this week. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Don't forget to check us out online at www.clonewarspodcast.com. You can always follow us on Twitter. Uh, that's at Clone Wars. And uh, head over to Facebook and join our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Clone Wars Podcast. Uh, those are the best ways to stay in contact with us. We're we're getting close to the end of the series, yeah. so uh, send in your emails for sure and let us know what you thought, how you feel about the end of the Clone Wars. Uh, mail at clonewarspodcast.com dot com, and uh, and and you know sh- just sort of uh, uh, put your voice in the mix. Uh, uh, we've got two episodes proper of the show left, and then we'll have a a, a sort of uh, a season six recap, uh, along with with Tim and Kyle, uh, from the saga continues. Star Wars: The Saga Continues, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, we'll we'll sort of be uh, uh, recapping everything as well. So uh, maybe do, doing some of our top ten lists and that sort of thing, yeah. um, like we usually do at the end of a season, but sort of going for the whole series. So. I uh, thank you guys for listening and we will we'll catch you in one week. See you next week guys. Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always. 